This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Get a Casper mattress and get a great night's sleep. Try it for 100 nights risk-free. Go to casper.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn. Get $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. Terms and conditions do apply. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. So the rules for how to deal with the Trump administration, which is supposed to be autocratic, uh, you can apply them also to the way you should view if you're going to be a good leftist because they're establishing right now how how you're supposed to think about these things right if you if you want to be a smart person a smart leftist a smart democrat you've got to avoid normalization of any of the trump stuff and on national security issues just understand that not only is he a novice but everything he does is wrong everything he does is bad you know who also was a national security novice by the way didn't know anything about the military, never served, didn't know anything at all about any stuff. Barack Obama. But he was going to fix the world and uh, because of stopping the rise of the seas and there were some Greek columns or something. I don't, I don't know who at this point, whatever. So we go to the Trump philosophy for national security. And I have to say, as you look at this, uh, you look at a piece in Politico on this, interesting As much for what it says about the Democrat and Obama view of America and the world as it does for how they think a Trump presidency will play out on national security issues. The the piece is Team Trump's message, the clash of civilizations is back. That's the headline. Now, again, headlines are meant to suck you in. And I'm looking at this saying, all right, I'm going to read this one. A reference to Huntington's essay in Foreign Affairs, The Clash of Civilizations, which was then expanded into a book, which I, by the way, highly recommend to all of you, both the essay in Foreign Affairs and the expanded version of it into a full book form. Uh, And a reference to Bernard Lewis using the term, I believe, in the early 90s. Bernard Lewis, the esteemed historian of the Middle East at Princeton University, uh, who looks at things not from the uh, multiculturalist and moral relativist perspective and therefore runs into some problems. We'll, we'll talk about the Islamic world as it was based on the history instead of just, oh, it was this uh, example of tolerance for all ages. And there was some tolerance. There was a lot of, you know, the sword or Islam that happened too, but perhaps a discussion for another day. But Team Trump's message, the class of civilizations is back. I look at that headline and I think to myself, Did it ever go away? Did they think that it stopped? And Huntington's essay, if you read it, or if you read the book, I've read both, you see there's really not, you can add to it, you can take certain parts of it to agree or disagree, but the notion that there are these things, these sort of uh, ideas that have real impact on all of our lives called civilizations and that they will intersect and collide and be in conflict that doesn't seem to be a particularly out-of-the-box point of view. That seems like a straightforward reading of what's happening around us all the time. So the class of civilizations being back, to me, it automatically makes you think, well, where did it go? Of course it's here. Now, they want to turn this into uh, Trump and Islamophobia, and I'll get to that in the piece in a second. The subheading, though, is also very interesting. So we have the notion of the class of civilizations as though it went away, Now they're saying it's back because of Trump. Okay, well, again, as I said, under Obama, it did not disappear at all. We saw the rise of ISIS. We saw Russian interventionism. We saw expansion 
expansionism uh, in terms of support for terror and insurgency groups from Iran. A lot of bad stuff happening. So it's not like everything was cool because the Obama administration took this very multilateralist and America in retreat worldview. But the subheadline, you really get into some of the some of the meat of this. From Bannon's defense of the Judeo-Christian West, referring to Steve Bannon, to Flynn's attacks on Muslims, some, I always love that word when they use it, because how many, some NATSEC experts, the cool kids write NATSEC, national security, or they'll say sex state for secretary of state. I did that before, guilty as charged. Fear the incoming Trump administration is at war with Islam and that it won't end well. I have yet to see anything in the Trump administration to be, it isn't even here yet, uh, that suggests that Donald Trump thinks we're at war with an entire religion, that we're actually going to actively go to war with that religion. Um, but when you look at the way they frame this issue, again, when, they, when you look at how the media is trying to create expectations for the Trump administration and also build into that that they will fail those expectations, um, you see that they're also saying a lot about what's happened before. Um, the door has been kicked wide open for a Trump administration to speak more openly and honestly about the threat specifically from jihadism, radical Islam, whatever your preferred nomenclature is for this phenomenon that affects us all the time and all of us, wherever we are. Do you, I mean, look, how many of you know somebody who's had to ser- who has served, how many of you have served in Iraq or Afghanistan or anywhere else as part of the war, what used to be called the war on terror, the global war on terror, the GWAT, as we called it in CIA, CTC, when I was there, counterterrorism center. Um, many of you served yourselves, have family, friends who served. Uh, you also are a citizen. You pay taxes to support that military that is out there trying to fight this global war on terror. But even in other ways, you are connected to all of this. I just flew down here to Dallas yesterday, had to get on a plane, had to go through security. Why do we have airport security? What's the primary threat to, air, to, air, air, uh, to aviation and to planes in the sky, uh, civilian airliners? A jihadist blowing one up. Have other people done it? Sure, right? We could even talk about how... In the Medellin cartel was Pablo Escobar blew a plane out of the sky before people even knew who Osama bin Laden was. But the primary threat, the one that worries us the most, is that someone is going to either put a bomb on one of those planes or perhaps even smuggle a bomb on himself, yell Allahu Akbar, and take the whole thing out of the sky, killing everyone on board. So I have to get in line, and I have to get there early, and it takes time for me, and we have the TSA, we have all this. So it affects all of us. This isn't some far-off war that we can put in some... Uh, intellectual box and think about, but doesn't have any impact on us. We are still at war in Afghanistan. We are fighting. We are taking casualties, as we did last week, in the war in Afghanistan. And we are assisting allies on the ground in Iraq in their fight against the Islamic State. We have Iranian proxies fighting against U.S., either uh, proxies or allies across the Middle East. We've got all kinds of problems going on over there. And the Obama administration seems to think at the very top of the list of things that they're worried about when it comes to jihadism is let's not talk about it in a way that offends people. Now, you can say that, as they do, saying radical Islam doesn't make a difference, although you'll notice during the campaign, Hillary Clinton actually did say it a couple of times because she knew the American people aren't, as a whole, in the majority, 
with the Obama view of how you discuss terrorism. They're not okay with redacting ISIS and in the name of Islam and in the name of the Islamic State from the Orlando uh, mass murdering terrorists transcripts, the 911, the 911 transcripts that were initially redacted by the FBI, by the DOJ, because um, they're not okay with that. They disagree with the administration on that. There's this wide open space now where we can look at the way that the administration in the past has spoken about these issues. And they also say that it is a war of ideas, but they won't discuss the ideas openly. They won't even name the ideas. You can't do it. And anybody anywhere in the country who's paying attention and being honest knows that. That the dictates of, once again, political correctness have overridden the need to speak openly and honestly about the nature of this threat. Apart from whatever concern somebody might have, for example, about Mike Flynn's bureaucratic abilities, capabilities, or lack thereof, he does seem to have a very clear sense of the threat of jihadism, and is certainly willing to speak about it. And I feel like Trump, if nothing else, believes that having a clear vision when you're trying to understand how to approach that enemy, that's step one. That's the first place you need to be. But that there's a clash of civilizations and that this is part of the collective freakout that the Democrats, the left, the media are having about this incoming Trump administration just goes to show you that, no, we've been in this clash. We've used that terminology for decades. We've been in that clash as America, by the way, from the very beginning. Go back and read about the Barbary Pirates, if you like, and the first real war we had on foreign shores uh, to the shores of Tripoli. Uh, This has been going on for quite a long time, and the election of any one candidate isn't somehow setting it off or creating this dynamic. This dynamic has been in place that the Obama administration thought that it was a strategic asset to deny a clash of civilizations is very discouraging uh, and wrong that they think that it's a deep and biting criticism of the Trump administration to point out that a clash of civilizations, not just Islam and the West, but many others, exists and is likely to be exacerbated, to get worse in the years ahead. That's just a recognition of reality. may not make people feel all warm and fuzzy, but it is true. It is there. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. The key to having a great day starts with having a great night's sleep, and I know because I have a Casper mattress. The Casper mattress was invented with two high-tech foams that give you all of the support that you need and guarantee that you get the best night's sleep ever. Time Magazine named Casper mattress one of the best inventions of 2015. Casper ships for free in a box so small you won't believe it holds the actual mattress, making it simple to get from your front door to your bedroom. And you try it for 100 nights risk-free. They'll come and pick it up if you don't love it as much as I love mine. And they'll refund every single dime. Once you try it, you're never going to want to sleep on anything else. Having a great day by having a great night's sleep. Casper.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. $50 off the purchase of your mattress at Casper.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Don't forget, $50 off the purchase of your mattress. Casper.com slash Glenn. Terms and conditions do apply. 